0: This is our prayer that you would be our vision, guide us, direct us, embrace us in your love that we might understand what it is to totally follow you and give ourselves to you. Thank you for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Have a seat, please. As I've already mentioned, September is that time of year that we kind of get back to our roots as a church family. Remind ourselves what it is that drives us and uh, kind of takes us forward. I like to think of it we shake off the uniqueness of summer, holidays, vacation, summer jobs, different things go on, and uh, maybe even the summer doldrums for some of you, kind of just to shake all that off. And we enter back into the regular habits of our ministry as a congregation together. And so as we come to this Sunday, it's not a, uh, it's not a typical sermon this morning. I'm not going to take just a text and walk our way through it. It's more of a teaching, and, and I trust an encouragement moment for us as a, a congregation that we kind of celebrate who we are together and what God is doing among us. And so as we get started, I want to turn to an Old Testament verse that uh, comes out of the book of Esther, Hester chapter 4 and verse 14. It's just one of those stories that gets us started well with a concept of how God works with us. You may remember the story of Esther. This is the young Jewish woman who was chosen out of all the young women in the land to be brought into the king's palace. And through that, she actually ends up being in favor with the king, becomes his queen. And then as as uh, events progress, she's called upon to risk her life to save the Jewish nation who are put under a, really a ban or there's a genocide that is being proposed for them and she alone will have the voice or the ear of the king. And of course she is greatly distressed by this and wondering what is going to happen and in this key moment with her uncle, uh, he speaks to her of what this moment is about in her life. And in Esther 4.14, you read this. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. In other words, God will accomplish his purposes with or without you, Esther. God is moving forward and will save his people. But then he says this. But who knows? but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And that little phrase, for such a time of this, just resonates all through the pages of Scripture. You see leaders raised up for such a time as this. You see movements happening through the pages of Scripture that often seem to be for such a time as this. And I believe that for the church that what Jesus calls us to be is this continuing sense of we are here in this world for such a time as this. That God has called out a people, the church, his ecclesia, the gathered ones. And we are those gathered ones who come together in our world to stand up and to be counted for such a time as this. And as a church family, we have believed and continue to believe that we are a church that's been planted in this particular location, in this this neighborhood, uh, by God. And it's always been for such a time as this, even though we have a very long history as a people. And as we've discussed this, and through the years, there's been different kind of iterations of what our mission and what our purpose looks like. For the last several years, we've had a mission statement that has guided us as a people. I kind of want to look at that this morning, just break it down a little bit for us and see how we are involved in it and how God has been blessing us uh, in this mission statement. So our mission statement is simply this. As a church anchored in the north end of Hamilton, we exist to join God as his spirit builds Christ's kingdom in our lives, neighborhoods, And city. And you see how that mission statement starts. Location is a centerpiece of it. As a church anchored in the north end of Hamilton, there's a deep and rich history to that statement. Anchored in the north end. I'm going to review a little bit of history for us this morning. All right, if you look at our church in 1887, 136 years ago, some of you are around, and you'll remember last year we had a celebration for our 135th anniversary. So it is 136 years now. 1887, a group of people from James Street Baptist Church, which is an old church. You still see the facade of that old church. It's one of the oldest Baptist churches that existed in Hamilton. Sadly, uh, several years ago now that it was sold as that congregation had dwindled, and uh, they gave up the building and it was sold Uh, a developer bought it and was going to build some condominiums and keep part of it part of it fell down (laughs) but it's still there and a group of people that were in that church had this beautiful building had a heart for the north end of hamilton the north end way back in the 1880s was a fairly hard neighborhood. It was where the laborers for the industry that dwelt all along the bay here, this was kind of where the the pure blue-collar workers and less lived in this area. And their heart for this neighborhood said, we need to establish a work there. We need to have a mission in the North End. And so they got a group of people together, and they established a mission that was called Northern Baptist Church is how it began 1807 that's our roots that some people said there needs to be a presence of the kingdom in that neighborhood and so it was it was started it first was had a building at ferry and ferguson and uh, as it was there they they dwelt there for a few years and then in 1909 they bought bought an old stone schoolhouse It was actually a building that was built by the Anglicans but built as a school, that's our old building down on Houston, 383 Houston Street. For those that have never seen it, drive by after this afternoon. And when they moved to uh, that location on Houston Street, they also changed the name to Houston Street Baptist Church because they were no longer just over at Ferguson and Ferry. And for many years, this became a thriving church, had ups and downs, but there was a continuing growth known for hardworking people, uh, well-known in its community, well-known for helping and building up in this neighborhood. And uh, they, they just continued on with a series of pastors leading them and different individuals. There was a number of doctrinal controversies back through the 20s and 40s. Uh, McMaster Divinity was involved in some of those controversies and Baptist history, a lot of things of that. And this church was a part of all those uh, days. And they stood firm for the Word of God. They stood firm for the orthodoxy of God's Word. And this thriving church just continued to slowly build and grow. In 1953, 70 years ago, the Fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches, as part of all that Baptist history, was being developed. And our church, Houston Street Baptist, was one of those founding churches. That When the fellowship started, we were one of that first group of churches that joined with the Fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches. And it's our 70th anniversary this November. There's going to be a big celebration at our annual convention, recognizing God's faithfulness over these past 70 years. And so through all those years, this is just a sense of God just slowly and continually kept building and and helping us to grow. Uh, We've had a history of long pastorates. Reverend Alfred Bell was the pastor for a total of 39 years and uh, he had two terms he had one term that was only four then he had one term that was for 35 years this came to an end in 1989 when he was in his 80s he continued to pastor the church until that time there's people in the neighborhood today that still remember pastor bell it's interesting because one of the things he's remembered for is he would gather kids for services by walking down the street ringing a bell. <laughs> Pastor Bell with his bell. It's part of what happened in those days. Different strokes, different folks, and different times, right? But that was what he would do. He was kind of like the Pied Piper of kids. And they had an amazing kids' ministry that took place in the old building. I know I've read some reports that they would have in a building that... We outgrew the building when we started to, to get close to 200 people on Sundays and had to move over to Benetto School with our worship services. I've read reports where they had 250 children at some of their services that they would do in the back room, which wasn't even the main auditorium. Must have been an amazing sight how they put that all together. And that was all under Pastor Bell's ministry. After 40 years though of ministry, after all that years, the church was in decline. The neighborhood was changing. It was largely uh, a group of seniors that were left, and uh, as he left, there was a man by the name of Pete Wright who took over the uh, leadership at that time, and it was through Pete who came for a few years and laid the groundwork, really, for Dwayne Klein, who we are more familiar with. We've had long pastorates. Dwayne was here for 30 years, 29, as our pastor. And under Dwayne's leadership, in the first few years, it was interesting that the group of uh, people that were starting and the church was kind of getting revitalized, that that group came together and they said, what kind of church are we going to be? What is our focus? What is our mission? And there was a recommitment in those days to the North End. It was determined that our continuing mission was still the same, to be a presence for Christ here in this neighborhood. And so it's that sense that our congregational heart of compassion and mercy, a sense of justice has been beating for all of these years, and we have continued on in that framework of who we are as a church and, on the con- and as a congregation, that our heart beats with this sense of compassion, a sense of what God wants to accomplish in and through us in this neighborhood. And that's why our present mission statement still has that sense. We are a church that's anchored still here in the north end of Hamilton. And just to finish that story for anyone that's kind of new, in August of 2020, this building was finished. And we moved from our old building on Houston Street into this building. This building, part of the vision is there's 45 units of affordable housing that is on top of the building. And it is full of, I believe there's 47 individuals that are living in that, uh, in, those, in that building right now. Part of our heart as a people was, let's see what we can provide in this whole housing crisis that's starting. But this building obviously has ushered in a new era for us. It has ushered in a sense that there is a, a new sense of what God is going to do and accomplish among us. The mission is still the same. We're looking to join God and as he builds Christ's kingdoms among us. We recognize that he's given us new tools to work with. And so we are so thankful for God's perseverance and his blessing. In Psalm 145, David, as he writes that psalm, says that one generation should declare to the next God's good works. And that is a story that we need to share again and again, how God has provided this place for us as a people together. He has consistently been faithful to us as a congregation, even though most of us, well, none of us in this room have a 136-year memory of this church. But we are a part of that. We are part of that legacy that has been birthed in this and we have carried on together. Of course, what is our present is something that we need to think through, and what does that look like? And so to think about who we are presently, I'm going to ask everybody to stand right now. All right, everybody stand up. Who is it that we have become? I think we did this last year during our anniversary, but just to have a sense of who God is making us to be. We're gonna do, uh, not a game, but just follow along with me, okay? I'm gonna ask you to sit down in some different ways. First, I'm gonna ask you if this is your first Sunday at James North Baptist Church, sit down. All right, thank you for being here. Everybody else look intently at these people. Make them feel really embarrassed for a little while. That's a great welcome into church, right? Thank you guys for joining us today. I trust that you will appreciate our fellowship. All right, so that was a a group of people. Thank you for being here this morning. All right, if you have been here two years or less, sit down. Okay, wow. We have a student population that joins us, and we are thrilled to have you guys as young adults, and take part in that ministry, and you have built up a great community, but you're not all young adults, right? There's others that have been coming in. There's families moving into this neighborhood. There's people who are uh, tracking with us on the story of what God's doing here, but you can see the number that have been here. I just do two years or five? That was just two years, right? So the rest of you have been here longer than two years. But as you look around, that's not the majority of the congregation, is it? Right? This is who we're becoming as a church. Okay, if you've been here five years, less than five years, no, more than five years. Less than five years. (laughs) I got confused, all right? Less than five years sit down. Okay, not so many sat down. Okay, let's jump to 10 years. Ten years, have a seat. Okay. We're whittling it down. Isn't that amazing how God develops and grows a church? I mean, less, less than... T- I'm getting confused to myself. You all have been here more than ten years. Okay, yeah. That's what I'm asking, right? You guys have been here more than ten years, but as you look around the room, that's not the majority of us, right? Who we are present tense are a group of people who've been joining together in in the last 10 years. But this is the core. You guys are the ones who have been carrying this story and sharing this story with who's arriving. Okay, let's go 15. Okay, fewer sit down. Okay, let's jump to 20. I'll have to sit down for this one. (laughs) (coughs) I'm 16, okay. This small group, 20 or more years. All right. Okay, let's go to uh, 25 years. Oh, Oh, Tim, you're longer than Amy. Okay. (laughs) Natalie, is Nigel standing still? Okay, yeah, right? This group's been around 25 years. Can we give them a hand? Thank you guys. Thank you guys for staying the course. You can all sit down now. I was anyway. I had other ideas. We could keep going, figure out who everybody is, but that's a fascinating just moment, isn't it, to think about who are we now? Right? There's a few people that have been around 25 years. Our church is 136 years. But when you understand who we are, the majority of us have been here five years or more, right? It's incredible the changeover that God develops and has for us as a people. But in the heart of all that, our mission has remained the same. We still have a heart of compassion. We are located here in the North End very intentionally, built a new building and stayed here in the North End. And obviously, there's another significant change that's happening. You know, the demographics of our church family is changing. Our neighborhood is also incredibly changing. The demographics of the North End, it's, uh, I started to do a little digging this week about what was happening in the North End 100 years ago, what's happening now. I mean, it's an amazing comparison, not time to go into it this morning. It's an amazing comparison just to think the last 10 years what's happened in this neighborhood. I mean, COVID, and you think of housing and rental prices, incredible changes. So what's in store for us as a church over the next few years? And not only that, we have a significant transition that we're also in. Right? We have a new pastor coming. We are this week meeting in prayer, and on your way in, I trust that you all got one of these pieces of paper. If you didn't, I hope there's more still out there and you can pick one up. We are calling all of you to pray this week. Our members are going to gather next uh, Sunday night, and they're going to vote on Pastor Dave Gray, whether or not we believe he should be the next lead pastor for us as a church. It's one of the things that it means to be members together, that those kind of decisions get made by members. But I'm inviting all of you to be praying for us. And this week, starting today, there's a prayer kind of for each day this week. We'd like you to be praying for us as a church. Our search team and our elders, we had a meeting last Wednesday night They presented how they believe God has led us to Dave Gray and his family as the the ones that are being recommended as our next pastor. But we are a congregational government. We are a congregation, and so we want to know God's voice together among us. And so we come together next Sunday night and have a vote, and we're really looking that God would unite our hearts in a decision about our next pastor, And so we're inviting you to pray every day this week very intentionally about that decision and just in a number of different ways. So help us out that way. But I want you to take just two or three minutes right now and would you pray about this next week, next weekend particularly, and just the decision that our church members are going to have to take. You can pray on your own or you can turn to the one or two people beside you and just pray. If you're not comfortable praying out loud with strangers and things, that's okay. Just bow your own head. But just take two or three minutes now and just would you cry out to God with us that we are going to know his will for our decision-making in this next week. We want this to be a matter of God leading us and understand his will. So pray for God's will in the process and pray for the Gray family that they too are going to be understanding and totally convicted and convinced this is God's will for them. So two or three minutes, bow together and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you guide us and direct us by your Spirit, and that together we can have confidence in who you you are and how you direct us. I pray for our church members who will be called upon to make a vote next Sunday night. After uh, hearing uh, Dave next Sunday morning and meeting him in a variety of different ways, Father, we just ask that your spirit would unite us in a decision. Father, that we would know your direction and your will in all of these things. He has been recommended, and we are moving forward with all this, but Lord, if there's something that we need to know or have a sense of your spirit directing us, we cry out for that this week. And so help us, direct us. And as we pray this week, would you be speaking to our hearts, Lord? And if there are questions that need to be answered by people, give them the uh the ability to ask to seek out our search team our elders to make questions known if anyone's having any kind of uh, doubts has this been asked let them seek out uh, people so that we're able to fully look after all of those things and next weekend god as the grays come would you watch over them Uh, would you bless them as they come with us and would you direct their hearts father that they too would understand what your will is for them, and they would have that great sense of peace and contentment given by your spirit for all the decisions that are being made in this next week. So thank you for all of these things, and we bless you in Christ's name, amen. Just as we were praying there, I just thought, you know, in, in our church life, there's very few people that have lived through a change of lead pastor in this church. And I thought in the history of our church, when you think about Pastor Bell being here for 35, 39 years, and Dwayne here for 30, I mean, it's almost 70 years for two pastors at this church. That's, that's quite a record, <laughs> right? This church doesn't seem to go through a lot of pastoral change and transition. So God needs to help us because we don't know if that's going to be a continuing story or if God has us on a new path. But what we can be confident about is that God will walk with us. In Jeremiah 29, 10 to 13, and this verse came to my heart this week, and it's so often taken totally out of context, but there is a great principle within it. Jeremiah 29, it's the Lord giving a promise to Israel. And what he says there is that when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. So it's his promise. They're going to be exiled for 70 years, but then brought back. But it's this next part that we cling to. And there is a wonderful principle in here. For God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That principle of God knowing a plan for us. Of God knowing our ways. Of God walking with us. And His promised that when we seek him, we can find him. Then we seek him, when we come to him, he listens to us, and he will grant us direction. That's the confidence we have in this moment of our history because we are going to have a new pastor come, but we also understand our mission, though it's not changing, how that mission gets expressed in this neighborhood will likely go through some changes over the next little while because our neighborhood is changing so much. But we can have confidence that God knows what we have come through, he knows what's ahead, and his desire is that he will keep us in step with him, which is really the second part of our mission statement. Our mission statement is this, as a church anchored in the north end of Hamilton, we exist, and this is a statement of purpose, we exist to join God as his spirit builds Christ's kingdom in our lives, neighborhoods, and cities. That sense of purpose. What are we doing? We're existing. Our purpose of existence is to join God, to get alongside him as he's doing what he does. What's he doing? God, by his spirit, is building Christ's kingdom in this world. It's what it means for us to be a church together, to be a part of what God's work is in this neighborhood. To be a part of all that which God wants to accomplish in our hearts and lives, but also in the lives of the people that surround us in this world. We have five words as a church that we talk about as being our core values. They are simply this, we celebrate. And if you're going to be a part of James North Baptist, these are really five things that we call all of our members, our attenders. If you're going to call this place home, these are five things you need to be taking part in. One is celebrate, that we want to gather together and worship God. We want to celebrate who God is. That primarily takes place Sunday mornings. So if you're a part of this place, it's a commitment to be here on a weekly basis, to celebrate together. Second word is grow. that we encourage everyone to be part of something that is building you up as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sunday mornings is a piece of that. We have teaching and we have fellowship and and being together. But we believe that growth really happens best in small groups. We believe that you need to have a few people that you gather with, where you can share more of your heart and you can be challenged by them. That's what community groups are about. We also have classes that we offer we talk about covenant groups those are even smaller than uh, community groups we have our men's fellowship our women's we have a variety of things but the heart of our strategy is community groups you need to be with a group of people that are challenging you in your growth we provide a number of opportunities through our service i know a lot of students that you do that through your student groups and you do it through some other means but if you're part of the church, we say you need to be in a place where that happens in your life. Third word is serve. I'm going to come back to serve in just a minute. Next word is share. We believe that we are all called to invite those in our circle to know Jesus. When Paul Carter was here a couple of weeks ago, he gave us a couple of illustrations. And this idea of sharing is you want to be smelled out in your community. <laughs> Remember we talked about we are going to be in Aroma. We're either going to be an aroma to life or to death. Well, you are called to be an aroma to life, in those circles that you find yourselves in, that sharing, to share the love and the life of Jesus Christ. And then we also have the idea of care, that we care for each other as a body, but we also show compassion and justice in our neighborhood, in our culture. And we start with the sense of North End that has an incredible number of needs, but that's expanding, and we have a broader vision than that now. But at the heart of this purpose is that that idea of serve, I'll come back to that, because that's, it's a big one for us, that each one of us as followers of Jesus is gifted by his spirit with a spiritual gift, and also we are called to use that gift for his church, but also for his ministry. And to join God and He is building Christ's kingdom, we encourage you to actively get involved in what happens around here in our church, in the life of our church. Uh, We've highlighted community groups. Typically, we do this over a few weeks, but this season's got full, so we're going to do this today as well, that we're calling you to serve. And I've got a list of serve opportunities that I'm just going to run through. I know this feels a bit of like a big commercial today. All right? Again, QR codes. We're talking QR codes like nuts today, right? They're all over out there. If you want to serve, get the QR code. It takes you to a beautiful Google Docs, which is going to have everything that I'm going to talk about there. And you can express your interest in being a part of all these, of of some something in the life of our church and this isn't the only way you serve we appreciate that some of you will serve in some different capacities different organizations in our city but as a church we call you to serve we need to do this and so where we begin and I want to first start just this thing called plan to protect plan to protect is our abuse prevention policy We have revamped this this year. This is something that because of the culture we live in and the the issues that surround abuse, that we need to be very aware and careful that we as a congregation are living in ways that protect those who are vulnerable among us, but also that protect our volunteers from accusations from being in situations that they should not be in. So we've had to revamp this policy recently, and everyone who is working in ministries with our children, with our youth, with any vulnerable sector type of people needs to take this training again. And so we've got a couple of days. There's a Saturday, October 14th. There's a Wednesday night coming up. And if you are helping with children, helping with youth, helping with vulnerable sector, just want to know what's going on, you need to be at one of these sessions. Everybody needs to take this. Once you've taken this orientation, there's an hour-long course that needs kind of a refresher every year going forward. This is just important stuff that we live with uh, honor and integrity as a people in the culture that we dwell in. So plan to protect is kind of the first thing you'll see in that Google Docs. And uh, you have to put down your coming to one of those meetings or kind of say, I can't meet one of those ones. and. Tell us why. No, I don't think it says tell us why, but we'll ask you why not, right? Because we have to go through this. So that's the first thing. But then, how you can serve. So the first, uh, first area is on Sundays. Sundays, when uh, we say, kids, you can go downstairs now. Isn't that a wonderful exodus that takes place? (laughs) I mean, there's almost 100 kids and leaders that get up and leave every week. For our children's ministries downstairs, we need a group of about 40 people that rotate in on a once, once a month type of, is it 40? I'm looking over higher, 60? More like 60, all right? 60 people that help out with our kids' ministries during Sunday mornings right? We need some of you to volunteer to help us out that way. The welcome team, when you come in and you find a place, especially if you're here for the first time, we have people at the doors, you can help us out with that. Our hospitality team puts the coffee on for us after the service. Hospitality does a lot more than that, and there's a whole section. They are the group of people that basically take care of our needs during any kind of big event that we put on, and if, you are a, if you're a planner, they need help with their planning. But if you're somebody who just likes to help out at events, to be in the kitchen, to be serving, to be setting up, be cleaning up, they need help that way. Um, that's hospitality. Worship, Sunday mornings, at the back, up the front here. There's a bunch of people that help serve this way. You can talk to Jesse after the service. All of these things, what you're going to do is just click off that you're interested and we'll put you in touch with the people that are leading those ministries so that you can then uh, get involved and they can help you into that. During the week, kids Zone. KidZone. Zone is a Tuesday evening program for SK through grade 5. Runs 6.30 to 8 on Tuesday evenings. Last year we had, I should have Mikhail up for some of this. Mikhail, how did zone Is that 80 kids? 60 kids so we had 60 kids last year we'll probably get 80 this year because kids love that ministry tuesday nights that means we need a number of adults to help supervise all that youth ministry during the week happens on tuesdays junior high senior high wednesdays and thursdays there's a basketball program for people 16 and up that happens here on uh, tuesday nights if you're into any of those kind of things would like to have a and you have a heart, and all of these things are ministry. If you have a heart for helping kids and youth to understand who Jesus is, to understand what the gospel is in their lives, that's why all this stuff takes place. All of this has this heart that we're joining God in what he's doing in building his kingdom. And so we gather people in this variety of ways that we can, that we can build into their lives. Uh, other things during the weeks, uh, P2P, that's pregnancy to preschool. Moms gather here on Wednesday mornings. They need some help with some child care. They need some help with planning. The Hub, Wednesday afternoons. Wednesday afternoons, uh, Pastor Marcio runs this program. It is a ministry that is intentional about gathering people in Bible study from our neighborhood. It's kind of a stepping stone kind of ministry. We have coffees on on Friday mornings, which is wide open. It's food bank, and people come, and we get to know them. And if they start to show some interest in the gospel and who Jesus is, get curious. We say, come Wednesdays, because on Wednesdays, we're going to be more intentional about sharing in study together. And there's a couple of things on wednesday nights we need we need some help some some of you might just be able to help once a month with support type stuff help out in the kitchen we do a meal every week would you come once a month and be in the kitchen would you come once a month and help set up serve do those kind of things so that another team of people who are here every week can be sitting at tables and leading discussions, sitting at tables and getting to know more about people's lives so that they can build them up in their faith and help to understand what it is for Jesus. That's what the Hub's all about. You can sign up to help for that. Coffee's on, I talked about that quickly, but it's, we need a bunch of help Friday mornings. A lot of it is just talking to people, getting to know people, getting to understand where they're at and being a, a friendly a demonstration of God's grace in people's lives. Um, hospitality team I started talking about them earlier but that's it's a whole thing unto itself they need help with the planning team they need help with the events they need people who would just say I would bake when you need baking right for sometimes after Sunday mornings next Sunday morning we're gonna have a special kind of fellowship after the service and we need baking for that if you just say hey I'll be on call give me a shout I'll make a dozen cookies two dozen cookies cakes whatever you do right be on call for that all right i'm almost done i know this is big commercial the commercial break during the sermon but didn't know how else to do it with you today the last thing is there are a number of areas that we just need support once a month vortman cookies gives us a whole bunch of cookies that we give away at food bank we use it in ministries and all that we need somebody who would once a month go to vortman's with their car and load up 25 to 30 cases of cookies, right? Would you help us out with that? Right now, Marcio does that very often. We'd like somebody else to kind of take that off his plate so he can devote himself to being with people more. Uh, There's a grocery run that happens every week. Every week, we restock our food bank. And so we need somebody who goes out and buys groceries. We, We reimburse you for that. But it's, you know, we buy, we buy 35 dozen eggs every week that we can give out, right? And Amy knows about that, right? Would you be willing to take that turn, take a turn once a month to help us out? Cobb's Bread, every Thursday night, gives us an incredible amount of bread. And we have to go and pick it up at about 6.30 every Thursday night. We have to package it all so we can give it away the next day. Would you help us out? Would you be once a month... Go to Cobb's Bread. Saturdays, we've talked about this before. Would you help us setting up chairs? This needs to happen every Saturday morning so that you can come and be here. Would you be on a team once a month to set up chairs? And then maintenance. Some of you have special talents. Some of you just like to work. Let me know. When we have those kind of occasional maintenance things that have to get done, we'll give you a call. QR code, go, there's a whole list. You can sign up for all that. Now back to our regularly scheduled sermon. (laughs) Didn't know how else to throw all this in at you today. Like I said, it's orientation. We're kind of getting back into the groove of all this because this is who we are as a church. There's so much that happens here, and there's so many people's lives that are being touched every week with the gospel. And it's an incredible opportunity for you to see how God can work through you in the hearts and lives of somebody. We have people that have come to Coffees On that now come every week to the Hub, right? And they are slowly growing in their faith. We want to see those folks become a part of this crowd, but it's a big step. It's a big step for someone who's a little nervous about crowds and things to be here. So we need to encourage them along. You might be able to encourage them. Kids ministry. You know, some of you are sitting in this room today because you started at kids Zone. You started at KidZone six or seven years ago. And God has ministered through your life, right? That's what we continue to do. We want you to be a part of all those things. In Matthew 16, Jesus gave this great statement of his purpose, this idea of his, what is he doing? He's building his kingdom. Peter said, you know, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, and Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And then this statement, I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus says, I will build my church. He says he'll build it on Peter, and there's a whole lot to unpack there, which I'm not going to do this morning. It's basically that confession of who Jesus is. If we confess that Jesus is the Christ, the living son of God who has come into this world to save sinners, to bring them into his eternal kingdom, into eternal life, we have an incredible message and Jesus says that's his purpose to build his church, a gathering of people who believe who he is and are part of his salvation. And he says, Hades, the gates of death, the gates of hell, cannot stand against his church. That's what we're a part of. And we are calling you to assist us and serve us and see this purpose accomplished for his glory, for his sake, for his name, There will continue to be a people that are accomplishing what he is doing is building his kingdom. And the last part of our purpose statement really becomes the focus of our purpose. The last part is, as a church anchored in the north end of Hamilton, that's our history, our location, we exist to join God as his spirit builds Christ's kingdom, our purpose. And what's the focus? In our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our city? In our lives, in the people who call themselves a part of this church, for you sitting here on a Sunday morning, what are we saying? That we believe that God, by his Spirit, will use you in ways to accomplish his purposes. In Acts 1.8, when Jesus was ascending to heaven, one of the last things that he said was, my Spirit will come upon you. You will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This is Jesus' promise to us, that when his spirit infills us, it's that we will be witnesses to him. Then he gives that marvelous plan, Jerusalem, Judea. It's that expanding circles of the influences of our lives, who we are as a people, So we look to live lives full of the Spirit. We want to be people of faith, hope, and love. We want to be people who grow up in Jesus Christ. We want to be a people who are fulfilling, I believe, just Paul's prayer of Ephesians 1 is a wonderful prayer to pray over each other and us as a church. Listen to it this morning. This is who we are praying, what it means that what God is doing in our lives, this is our prayer for you. He says, for this reason, and the highlights are on the screen, this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, his prayer is based right in the heart of Trinity, right with the Father, the Son, the Spirit, I'm praying that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would know him better. This is God's work in our lives, that we would know him better. And we pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened, that you may know. Again, this is an experiential knowing. This is a knowing, not just in your head, not just understanding the things about God, but knowing him relationally, intentionally in your lives, that you would know the hope to which he has called you. You would know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and know his incomparably great power for you who believe. This is God's work in our lives as a people, and it's the focus of who we are That we would be this sweet aroma in our neighborhoods, that we would be this contrasting community in our neighborhoods, that God would be seen in us. But there's more, because it's not just for us to get together in our cluster, it's so that God would be at work in our lives, in our neighborhoods. We've said the North End is our kind of first-focused neighborhood, but we know we all live in neighborhoods. You all have circles that you are surrounded with, and we're praying that you will be that sweet aroma in your neighborhoods, that you will, that you will share that worldview that God is truth, that his mercy endures, that his justice is on display. And it's in our neighborhoods, and it's in our city, beyond ourselves. We could say even to the ends of the earth. I've been so encouraged in the last couple of years just by a growing movement of of an awareness of some missions, foreign kind of missions, overseas missions. God is instilling something new among us, and we praise God for that. You know, our prime focus begins here in our city, but it does go beyond that, that we will be this great movement of mission to our city and beyond. Jesse, you and the team, come on back up. This is our prayer for us as a church. And this is all going to be, it always has been a changing dynamic for 136 years. This church is unrecognizable to a group of people that started Northern Baptist Church 136 years ago. It's unrecognizable to that group that 70 years ago probably joined the Fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches. It's unrecognizable even to Pastor Bell, who served here for 40 years. I would suggest that after a year almost, we're becoming unrecognizable to Pastor Duane. (laughs) Right? We change that quickly. And so we're getting a grip on who we are, but the mission has not changed. We want to be those people who join together how Christ is building his kingdom by his spirit in our lives, in our neighborhood, in our city. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.